Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Club Podcast, episode 96. This is the Coffee Club Pod on the road, and boy, a lot has happened in one week since we last recorded. It's, I mean, I think today George and I have talked, and it'll be a kind of shorter one. If you've seen the video version, you can already tell that one of our members is not here, unfortunately. Uh, we're sure all you guys have been following on the social media. Oli, unfortunately, I mean, he did talk about it a little bit last week and we all like knew it was a bit of an issue, but we all had kind of like at that point, like the best hopes that like things would be fine. But unfortunately, his pelvis stuff got a bit worse and a crazy whirlwind. I mean, we're not going to talk about it too much, but he's on the plane back to back to America today. Yeah, uh, our strongest soldier has has fallen we'll we'll uh we'll leave ollie to to fill you guys in more next week hopefully um he's mentioned he's still he's still keen to to be open about it um on the pod but yeah we we shot for the stars with the trifecta and and we we came up short you think it's our fault we jinxed it (laughs) yeah it's a prick of a sport It it really is um I feel like I, I've fallen into the trap in the last, honestly, like the last couple of years, probably of like, of talking about Ollie, you know, as if he's as if he's invincible. That's kind of always the, the, the aura he, he kind of projects, and and it was like, you know, so impressive to all of us, like the things he could do, and mm-hmm. and just was always felt like he was invincible, and and um, you know, he, he's human like the rest of us, and tough tough way to find out yeah the timing is really hard like right before racing being on training camp halfway across the road i mean the world not the road and then having to fly back after being here for a couple of days but yeah we'll get into it more next week because he'll definitely want to reflect on it and kind of explain like what he's gone through but yeah so ollie's not here today unfortunately so george and i will carry the load for this one and we'll just i think it'll be a little shorter because just yeah but we'll still we still got to put out an episode and, and keep keep the show going so yeah this is episode 96 show goes on the show goes on <laughs> i mean bro we're pretty close to that 100 number i was just looking at that 97 that's gonna be like four weeks worlds, from now a week after worlds maybe no that's it's just smack bang in the middle of worlds so seems like yeah if our maths checks out i'm sure we'll be there but before we could we do know. we could do like 99 just so that we're all together yeah we we have to be together for 100 i think we might just have to do like 0.5s or we just or we just fly all the out another option (laughs) true we can see what we can we don't know what's going to be happening so we'll um we'll cross that bridge when we get to it i guess but we do have another bean shout out today a quick one for the boys from mirror coast manhattan beach which i guess is a school in manhattan beach la uh four of them five of them See, there's a lot of names of this bag. They um, came up to me after the sound running meet in LA and said, what's up? Gave them some stickers and uh, handed us a bag of beans, which we're enjoying right now. So thank you very much for that. And once again, this episode is presented by Camelback. Ad read, begin. Week four of just an incredible month (laughs) brought to you by Camelback. The most hydrated month of my life, probably. No, no doubt. Um, honestly, I don't know if I just wasn't drinking water before, but bottle has been life changing. Also, Joe said, um, Joe was telling me that um, part of your like circadian rhythm is like having to to piss like at the wrong time. Mm. No shit, I've been waking up like twice in the middle of the night because I have to take a piss. Very inconvenient, but very hydrated thanks to the Camelback bottles. It's a net positive, which have made it. Um, to switzerland yeah they've gone across the world i don't know we're probably not the first one to ever take a camelback from the united states to europe but it feels good to have them with us and know that they made the long journey we're the first to document it <laughs> yeah it's been documented here on the show they can be done you know so if you want a bottle like ours or a mug or something else sweet that they make coffee club all caps 20 percent off link is working link is working and it's uh yeah we had a couple of issues with it but it seems like actually everything's like pretty good so it should be working on the u.s site the other site i think the europe site maybe the new zealand site so 
yeah, it, it should be working all good. And if it doesn't, just message us and we'll help sort you out. And yeah, that's it. We've got a little giveaway happening this week. So if you're listening to this episode right when it drops, get on our Instagram and check it out and you can win some free Coffee Club X Camelback collab gear, which is George's bottle right here. It's really sweet. So yeah, but without further ado, I guess it's time to get into it. And last week's episode was so epic because, well, it's the trifecta. <laughs> it was. It was the trifecta, <laughs> the preview of the trifecta. And um, we have to give a shout out to, I think, Jack, Lane One Graphics on Instagram, who made us like the sickest uh, graphics for each race. And like on the bottom, he he had like a reference to like the big trifecta. We were calling it the coffee club long weekend. We were racing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So there was all this build up, and it was epic. I mean, George got it started off on the right foot and um, just on the graphics. I don't know if we can still do it now, but I had all these dreams and aspirations of making it into like these cool posters. I think we'll still maybe make, a lot of those graphics into like a set of postcards or something after the season is like mementos kind of, but I really wanted to, in my mind, I was like, all right, all of us are going to run amazing times and we're going to win all our races. And then we'll put the graphics up and we'll put the results of all our races on it. And then we'll like auction it off for like charity or something. And it'll just be like the coolest thing ever. But it would still be sweet to do something. I yeah, like, I'd love to have a, like a memento mm-hmm. of, of the race. Mm-hmm. from that yeah i think that's Epic work by jack thanks bro i think that's the type of stuff that in our new future studio will be decorating our walls hopefully yeah that's true so should we go in chronological order again yeah let's do it let's let's start with monaco you. the big one mm-hmm. or the the high roller one mm-hmm. i was thinking when i was there it's like i don't know if that's the the thinking that they have for like the monaco f1 it's not actually any different but because it has the word Monaco in it, it makes it like seem like this like... It's a brand. Yeah. It's like just a brand. Yeah. Where it's actually really not any different. <laughs> yeah. But still quite cool. Mm-hmm. And and definitely a uh, a bucket list um, bucket list race and, and, and place to get to. Yeah. And did we record before we even left? Yeah. We did, so right? we recorded before we left. And one thing that we did is we all went through our kind of race week like what we do on our race week like leading into a race so the thing that was really interesting with you is that you were traveling to europe from america like relatively close to the race that's right so yeah how did that end up feeling yeah i went for the uh shortest uh time to race off travel that i've that i've attempted before um i went three days before stockholm and I went just 48 hours before this one and felt pretty good, honestly, off the plane. Um, I think one of like the important things we do after we travel um, is we call it like a decompression lift from uh, from Jason. So I don't even know how to describe it really, but go to the gym and do like a couple of exercises that decompress your spine. Is yeah. It? And yeah, something like they're just like, to get the travel out like it's a few isometrics and like some things like a dead hang and like i think the dead hang is kind of the exercise that explains like the overall point of the lift the most you just hang from a bar like straight and you just let your body try to lengthen back out i reckon that can that can work wonders i think like getting off the plane and, and jogging a little bit i jogged on the uh the max for step in lewis hamilton selfie trail <laughs> i don't know if you if you don't follow this, like those Formula One drivers, they like jog along this stupid little path in Monaco and take selfies. And Max normally wears like vapor flies. <laughs> really, I've never even seen <laughs> yeah. that before. Lu- I think Lewis runs along there a bunch because he just live there. Okay, this is like a really random reference, which might be completely off. Do you remember in season one of Drive to Survive when it was all talking about Daniel Ricciardo choosing if he wanted to stay with Red Bull or if he wanted to leave? And in this show, they showed him like going for a run and then jumping off kind of like a cliff into water. Do you remember what I'm talking about? That's going deep into the archives. <laughs> it's such um, a random reference. But I was going to wonder. Monaco? Well, that's what I was asking. I was wondering if it's on that same trail. So we'll it have to It could easily be. We'll have to check. There are, um, that is the thing. The, the hotel for Monaco is, is sweet. It's right on the water, which is 
also right next to the track, which is also on the water, and right next to this beach that you can walk to and kind of like this rocky trail. I definitely, actually, one thing I was glad about getting there 48 hours early is I would not want to be in Monaco any longer from a training standpoint. I couldn't imagine (laughs) having to run more than like, I ran like 20 minutes along that path and that was like maxing out. That was too much. The rest of my runs I did either around the track or around the turf field. So mm-hmm. not a great training environment, but but very cool for a couple of days and just epic water to jump in off off the rocks like along this path. Which is also the, the other hack, I think, for helping your body True. feel good after traveling and stuff. Yeah, I, I ran at like helps. 8 p.m. And then, and then jumped in the ocean. Did you... Did you get good sleep? Uh, did I get good sleep? Medium. Not. I wouldn't say it was a highlight over the trip. <laughs> Sleeping, because I'm just thinking right now. Uh, I don't know if it's coming across on the uh, through the through the mic, but I'm in zombie mode right now because I got to Europe like three days ago, and I've just been so jet lagged. So I was thinking about it today and like yesterday. I was like, I could not imagine like having a race right now. Because mm-hmm. I'm just. I just feel terrible. Well, skipping forward before I go back to the actual race, when I got here, I might have had like the best sleep of my life the mm-hmm. first night here after no sleep the night after the race. And it was freaking hot in Monaco the whole time. It was like 90s during the day, like mid 30s, high 30s. I don't even know what that is. And then it would barely cool down at night and it was so humid. Like I, I would go swimming and like have like put my wet shorts like out on the thing to dry and i just brought them to say where it's wet they just that never, is annoying then i think my once i went swimming got my hair wet i don't think it dried it's for three days it was just the rest of the trip it was and, insane so that didn't help the sleeping yeah i heard that you weren't allowed to have your ac on <laughs> i wasn't sure if i was gonna bring that up <laughs> yeah Do you want to explain that story <laughs> um there's there's just a a well-known phenomenon in the track world that um, Kenyans and Ethiopians don't they don't like AC they it's don't just, um, it. it's just the reality I guess they're not used to it and, and they have no problem with the heat and so they're very comfortable in a very hot room and I was rooming with the uh, the legend himself Hagos Gebruet winner of the 5k actually and so there was not a lot of AC going on for those three days which i can't imagine sleeping in that i'm such a pussy when it comes to sleeping in like a warm room so i cannot imagine it, it being that hot and no ac allowed yeah did you try to like turn it on and or was it like no? I, I would turn it on every now and then and like maybe just try to put the fan like on low see if he wouldn't notice but he spent a lot more time in there than me he would just sleep all day that's the secret to running 12 42 just sleep constantly and so i would like go out and do something go swimming or hang out with reds or something and then i come back and it would be off <laughs> yeah it's funny that you say that's the secret because when we talk about helen O'Beary, that's also the thing that we say and it's one of those things though where it's, it's i mean we know it's really good for you but still don't do it <laughs> she's taking her first nap of the day by 9 a.m yeah i was like i understand that if i only ran and napped it would be ideal for my running, but I'm not going to do that. That sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Shit. Maybe that's just the difference. How do we make that happen? That's the difference maker. Yeah. So I guess sleep mediocre, but I think the water made up for it. And I just had quite, quite good travel and yeah, feeling, feeling good enough to, to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, happy with the decision to go and to go in 48 hours before. And Yeah. Then, what else did we do? And then race day rolls around. Yeah. Late, very late race, not till 9.30. So another one of those just long freaking days hanging around a meat hotel. Um, did you watch something? I did. Oh, I watched the tour that was on still. That's a, yeah. that's a good way to kill some time. Yeah. And it was, and it was in the afternoon because I was in Europe. So that was actually ideal. And then the it was funny. The warm-up track or warm-up turf was connected to the hotel. It was like you went up like two levels in the hotel and then you were on the turf. That was extremely convenient. So, everything very convenient. What time did you get to the race then? You just roll in like an hour before. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just rolled up to the turf, spent um, 
kind of spent the weekend with with Big Bird a lot. So warmed up with with the man himself, Steeple Legend, and um, yeah, it actually was feeling. By the time it goes dark there, it does start feeling quite good. Like race temperature was still twenty nine degrees, eighty five or something, um, but without the sun, it actually was feeling pretty decent. And prior to this, Albuquerque had dropped out. Mm-hmm. And so had Wale, who are, aside from Goma, I think they're number one and two ranked steeple chasers in the world. So, dude, for a minute, I was like, yeah, I can, I can freaking win this race. Yeah, definitely dumb. <laughs> they were like, I mean, those two, and Albuquerque especially, like, has have the aura of being pretty unbeatable, and he hasn't lost a race in a couple of years or something. Mm-hmm. And so without those two, and we were talking about, like, you know, it's kind of wide open after that. Turned out the rest of the guys were still pretty good (laughs) Um, there's some pretty good runners that turned up there so i didn't win but uh yeah i got stuck in pretty early and and tried to put myself in the top four or five that's gonna be like by far the fastest you've gone through like the first half of the race i honestly think 243 was exactly what i ran in stockholm oh really yeah i think the splits were were really similar at that point so what was the difference then the last K maybe the middle I don't know actually I haven't looked at the splits enough mm-hmm. but we went something like 243 and then 247 243 again so yeah it was one of those ones where I kind of just finally it did get quite hard um in the middle like I I felt a lot better than in Stockholm and and I was I just realized with with four laps to go in the steeple it's hard to keep running 64s 65s yeah and especially um, with those freaking barriers in the way yeah it's that's just hard to keep keep clicking along even though it's not you know it's not that fast but a bunch of barriers bunch of water jumps yeah it got hard the water was like a bath <laughs> the first jump it was like heated <laughs> it was like steamy yeah it gave me uh gave me a bit of a shock there yeah. um but yeah really really made a made a go for it the last Honestly, I probably waited to the last lap. I think it was something like 67, 67, 68, 61 for like the yeah, last four laps. So it, it was getting hard, but um, I was sick of running 817 basically and after uh, Nice in Stockholm. And, you know, I said in the last episode, you know, if you can't run faster than Monaco, <laughs> you know, where can you? So I was like, shit, I've been not. It's put a lot of pressure again, on yourself. Um, I was going to be, I was going to be pretty pissed. So yeah, had a had a really good last lap actually caught maybe three three people and and ended up fifth in a in a pretty good field still even though it didn't have albacali and those guys and and actually only the second third and fourth places were only they, were, they all ran eight ten ish i think so you know not too far back from those guys obviously the guy that won i think he ran 804 i think it's like his first race at sea level he's the guy uh, that ran like eight 18 or 19 in Nairobi. Mm-hmm. Is he super young? Super young, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, he looked really freaking good. So, yeah. Well, he's uh, that was a nice welcome to the... Kenya's to the back. World. Yeah. Do you remember not that long ago that Kenya were unbeatable in the steeple and it wasn't even just they would win. They would get like... Their, their, their thing was getting top three. In like every like Olympic world champs, they would get top three. I just rewatched Matt Hughes's gold coast steeple yeah where he i didn't know what was happening at the end it was devastating he got out leaned for a medal Mm -hmm. and i think the commentators were saying that kenya had gone one two three at the com games for like some ridiculous amount of commonwealth games in a row yeah that was go one two three like every time like they that was their thing yeah i think until albuquerque won the olympics it was like kenya just every time Mm -hmm. for so long yeah they dominated it so yeah they're the back at least for the top two guys were Kenyon and, and Monaco and but yeah honestly um although it wasn't I kind of had in my mind that I felt like high 80s was was doable you know 808 to 810 was kind of in the back of my mind as something that was possible but I still still very happy to to come away with with an Oceania record Oceania record Olympic standard as well yeah yeah, yeah, true. So, so about you're that. sitting pretty now. Yeah, getting in the That's Olympic standard the, the year before is is a nice feeling. 
Yeah. And it is still just a nice progression in your way down to, yeah, it'd be nice to just pop off and go sub 810, but mm-hmm. still a big jump. The difference between 817 and 813 is quite large. I think it is. So. Honestly, for the number of people running high 18s compared to low 18s, I think it does. So Yeah, it does go down pretty quick there. And... um and it, I mean, it felt like I've I've run a lot of steeples this year, probably more than most people in a normal mm. season. Like I think that was my sixth steeple, but it, yeah, quite a nice progression. And and I felt like I needed to run a lot to to kind of catch up to people that have been doing it for for a few years. And um, yeah, now not doing another one to worlds. If yeah. that wasn't if that wasn't clear. <laughs> so you feel comfortable calling yourself a steepler now? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, see how well it goes. <laughs> yeah. No, I keep um, I keep getting asked like if if I enjoy the steeple or something. Like I just saw uh, Sean McGordy in the gym a couple of days ago, who obviously tried the steeple a couple of years ago, <laughs> and he was like, "Are you are you enjoying it?" And I I had to stop for a second. I was like, "Am I?" Mm, yeah, Come you know on. what? <laughs> I said, um, "I was like, well, I enjoy it more and." Uh, Stockholm and Monaco than at Mount Sac Relays in <laughs> April. Fair enough. That's for sure. Hey, so, if you're coming fourth and fifth at the Diamond League running Oceania records, it's going to yeah. feel pretty I actually, good. I have had more fun in the last couple. Yeah. I actually, I, the last lap was pretty fun. Like this is one where I actually just tried to hammer the last water jump mm-hmm. and I came up on my bad leg for the foot. Like it took the first six on the leg that I prefer, but I was just like trying to sprint this last lap. And my like my bad leg came up, and I was just like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> you send it and just sent it, and that's like almost the better way for your bad leg to come up when you're like yeah. going fast. Just like muscle it out. Yeah, and it was pretty fun actually. Hell so, yeah. yeah. Well, didn't get to the casino after though. That's too Sorry bad. to announce. That's too bad. Yeah, that- didn't see any uh, any of the other famous. Mono, what are they called monogascans i guess none of the famous people that we know of in monaco are actually yeah native except for charles except for charles, charles leclerc <laughs> but, um apparently they were gambling with lance armstrong last year at the casino oh, i remember hearing something about that which That's is just, just a ridiculous story ever. yeah um but no we're just having had a had a late night gelato on the street hey that's a good way to celebrate which is good enough they'll leave something record. else to do mm-hmm. next year mm-hmm. well congratulations it was hype i was actually doing my pre-meet like exactly while you were racing so i was like doing 200s then i'd come back and um pop in and see the live stream and stuff and so it was pretty sick to see and yeah crazy monica me i mean your race was amazing the just quickly the women's mile was just the craziest thing ever it's it's weird because like faith's time is the same time equivalent as her 1500 so it does make sense but Wait, like like on the points table or something essentially like really? if you're going to convert them like i think 407 was like 350 for a 1500 and i think she ran 349 for the 1500 but that is what i ran and i ran 349 in high school yeah and when i like came to the u.s and no one knew what that meant i feel like the people at NAU were like telling me that was like a 407 mile <laughs> yeah but for some reason seeing that race and hope just the fact that someone could run a world record in the mile of f- like five seconds makes like that and it's Sifan Hassan's world record like that seems to just blow your I feel mind. like it wasn't a weak world record it didn't feel like it didn't seem like it yeah and then it got broken by that's you're running over a second quicker per lap like that's yeah. just unreal and then a slew of eight, other amazing eight national well. records I so, think in one race just, just one of those races I mean that's the way it goes same same deal with like the other 15 big 1500s this year like everyone when one person is doing that stuff it generally the rest of the field also does amazing but yeah that was just mind-blowing to see that result i could not believe it so monaco is still monaco it's still fast surely they have to go back to a men's 15 now that now that faith has a world record in the mile mm-hmm. like the women's ones got both world records surely we go back to they're kind of at a men's 15 for like I think it's Three COVID. Years, maybe. I think COVID, yeah. I think that's kind of what changed things up. Yeah. So, yeah. And a freaking amazing men's 5K as well, though. 
as they always ha- they all have been this year somehow. Which yeah, you wouldn't really think. I mean, you would think it's maybe a little bit hot for the men's five k, but those guys I think are so fit that it seems to not really affect them as much. It seems to not matter. I Mo told me he was he was cooking. He felt he it felt real hot. Yeah, it's but. one of those things. But yeah, so anything else from Monaco? Not much else to add. Hell yeah. No. I'd, I'd go back. It's a good time. All right. Hopefully yeah. one day we can do the trifecta where all three of us are just racing in Monaco together. I think that'd be the dream. Yeah. I'd love for some more steeple and 15s to line up. Has that not happened? Yeah. It was maybe in Rabat. I, we could have done it. But mm-hmm. like most of them, they seem to they seem to like not go together. And so that brings us then to LA. Part two of the trifecta. <laughs> Part two of the trifecta. One day later, taking the taking the trip back to america i mean my whole scenario was compared to you was just so easy just going to la it's like a 90 minute flight and it was just center and i racing there and then we had uh kelsey coach kelsey there and then colin doing the filming as well and like we were in like a nice airbnb and stuff so it was just like those trips are the most they're the easiest trips like everything Mm -hmm. feels so low maintenance it's just like so chill especially sound running like we i don't know we were just like turned up did our pre-meet we just like ate good food well like where our airbnb was in like silver lake in la was just like so perfect next to all this nice food and stuff so good coffee good pretty solid coffee like well definitely very good coffee i mean we were kind of like a bit lazy some of the days and i think it was a bit of a scenario where you could walk a little bit further to get much better coffee but some of the days we we didn't we couldn't be bothered to do that but there was like a um like the good chains like intelligentsia la colombe mm. how you say it and they, i think they were pretty good there the like i don't know what you call them they're like the fancy chains of coffee pretty reliable though solid value for miles mm. walked yeah <laughs> so everything was go- feeling good going into the race and um i mean my goal I was like, I, I mean, this is what I talked about last week where there was the internal struggle between like, if you had asked me three weeks or four weeks before the race, I was like, if I run under 13, 30, I'll be happy. And then going into the race, I always start like, even without trying, like it's like subconscious. I'm like mentally pumping myself up. I'm like, you know, like you could, you could win this race. It's not even like pumping myself up as much as maybe it's like daydreaming. It's like daydreaming about like, going and doing something amazing but then it's like you got to balance that with the reality of your situation and like your form and stuff and not to do anything silly and so i had a couple of really good talks with dathan going into the race where he essentially told me based on my training that he didn't think i should try run too many laps under 64 and because we weren't sure exactly what the pace was going to be because there was a bunch of guys in that race that were trying to qualify for worlds essentially whether it was hit the standard or run well enough to increase their rankings like ben flanagan was there for that reason sam parsons and then the stanford boys kai robinson charles hicks i guess charles is uh bauman now and then kieran from bauman so i think like it was a combination of trying to just like get a good performance for rankings but then i think like Charles Hicks, I think he probably would have needed to hit the time. And I know mm-hmm. Kai, like they wanted thirteen oh seven pace. Like they wanted the standard. Yeah. I feel like that was what was that was on the docket beforehand at least. Yeah. It's hard to tell who was <laughs> well, who was the one asking for it and who was actually gonna make it happen, but it was on there. It was so funny because the Timman boys were pacing, which thank you for the to, for doing that. And also Austin Dalquist. So it was a uh, three Boulder boys taking the pace. And before the race, there was kind of talk where, yeah, they had been told 1307 pace by the meet, so by Jesse, because I think that's just like the qualifying time. But then before it, like Joan, the Bowman, I mean, the Timman coach, sorry, was kind of like, yeah, I think we're just going to run like 1315 pace or 1320 pace. Like, are you cool with that? I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I would love that. Like, I don't think I can run any quicker than that. But then, like, that was like maybe like. 40 or 30 minutes before the race and then like i think 10 minutes before the race they asked like 
the Stanford boys and they were like, we want 1307 pace. <laughs> so then like, oh, okay, we're going to try around 1307 pace. But you still like never really know how that stuff is going to play out. And so once the race got going, it was a little bit slower than that, like 63, 64s. But then on like the third or fourth lap, there was a bit of a speed up. I think it was like a 62 or something. And I just like couldn't go with it. Like, I mean, I could have gone with it, but it just did not feel comfortable for my legs. Like, I think at this point I have a decent uh, idea of like how it should feel mm-hmm. like running a 5K on like your legs because fitness wise, like I felt great, but my legs were the thing that, I mean, just based on like the training and the comeback and everything, like they just aren't used to running that pace for that many laps. And so it was kind of just like, I was just like hanging on. And then I don't know if you, did you get to see the, a video of the race? Mm-hmm. So you would have seen, I was just in no man's land for like, I guess literally yeah, until the end. <laughs> it was like from lap four, I was like 20 meters off the, off the guys in front. And then the gap, the gap wasn't really growing. Like I think at times it got maybe a little bit more and then at times maybe a little smaller, but I was just, I just couldn't run any faster than that. Or I just knew like that was my pace. And that was very frustrating um, because, you know, it's just so much more difficult to run on your own. But at the same time, it was just like all I could do. And so I was definitely happy with it. And I got what was of, your 3K split? That's a great question. I wouldn't have... I know they were like eight, right on eight flat, I think. They were eight flat. I bet you I was only like three or four seconds behind them, maybe eight or five. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's probably what I thought I should have gone through. Like if you had asked me before going into it and I got a few questions after it, like, did you think that you were going to catch them? And mostly no, I would say, because I mean, this is how it is. A lot of the time when you go into a race, you think of people like in a, well, me at least you think of people in like a very optimistic way. So I'm, I'm thinking of all the guys that are in the pack in front of me and I'm like, these are all like amazing runners. They're all going to crush it today. Like I don't expect any of them to have an off day. Mm-hmm. On their best day, you expect them to speed up. Exactly. Once you go through that. I'm like, this is perfect pace for all those guys. Like they're going to run, like they're going to close a super hard last 2K and they're all going to crush it. But as we know, like that's not how it happens in racing. And I think especially for those that had the collegiate season, well, I guess, is it, I can't remember the guy that came second from FSU. Ahmed Muhammad. Ahmed. I guess he had a... Did he have a collegiate season? Not an outdoor one, I don't think. Okay. Yeah, because I don't remember seeing him in Enter the Blaze, but he's, he's he, he was wearing... He's he had FSU. really good USAs, though. Yeah. So, but the Stanford boys, I guess they were probably just a bit tired from everything because then they started Kai's dropping had off. a long season. He's had... Yeah, you think back to how well he was doing it. He World ran, Cross. Like, the, ran 13-11 in December, then indoors World Cross instead of lays double yeah he he was at the front after 3k and i think started started getting pretty tired yeah and was running not 64s anymore yeah they started dropping off as well and no one was prepared to go around for a while so you definitely started closing at that point that's when i started like sniffing it a little bit feeling like oh i might be i might be catching these guys a bit and i wasn't like dropping it down like i was also like in that fourth K running like probably some of my slowest laps, which is like kind of normal, I think, when you're like running on your own in a 5K. But then, yeah, with like, was it Sam Parsons that went around him? Eventually, yeah. And so, so but then some of them were dropping off. So then like in the last two laps is when I was really like starting to catch him and um, start to move through like the field a bit as they dropped off. And I was able to close pretty well, like like 63 second last lap and then 57 last lap. I think and then yeah i found my way all the way up to fourth place 13 24 so i was honestly like like now i can easily say like i was i'm like super super happy with that even at the time i was pretty happy i wasn't like very disappointed like in my head yeah i had the daydreams i mean of like hoping that i would be in like way better form than i should be of course but yeah you wave to the crowd and win and <laughs> yeah exactly like that's what well, i don't know if you ever do this but if i run well, i just said i thought i could win monica yeah, for a second true, <laughs> so true. i definitely had a little bit of that it was a couple of minutes i was like oh yeah 
I'm gonna try to win this race. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's normal. I imagine probably everyone, I think it is. everyone does it. So, but yeah, I, I'm not like that stupid. I was like, yeah, that was really good performance considering my training and everything. So I was very happy. And then there was the big question mark over my own personal path to qualifying for Worlds, which I've tried to ignore as much as possible because I fully thought that I had zero chance at qualifying for Worlds for a very long time since my injury. And then it turned out that my other two performances in the from the end of last year were actually pretty good. So something reasonable at this meet could get me in the mix. And it turns out that the rankings came out just yesterday and I am sitting in position 40 on the road to Budapest and 42 make it. So it's going to be a Gotten bit it close. Yeah, I'm I'm still so there's for everyone listening, there's this week is the final week and a lot of the European countries, probably some other countries have uh their national championships. So a lot of people are racing this week, but it's not typical for like a lot of amazing performances to happen, but with the way the ranking system is now, there are definitely some people who like they're going to go for it because they have to if they want any chance of qualifying. Like they're going to go to it for it and try run quick to boost their ranking. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm still trying to like mentally not be very invested in it. Like obviously I really want to go now. I think it'd be amazing to be able to do that and very like nice unexpected surprise. But yeah, still trying to just be like whatever. It's yeah, it's crazy. We were talking about maybe a couple months ago we were like, Oh, maybe, maybe you'll be into racing by the end of the season, and you can, you go just go run road world champs yeah. in September. But then, yeah, we started we started running the numbers like a few weeks ago, and we're like, actually, like Zagreb was a lot of points back in uh, September or whatever that was, mm-hmm. and it, it shows you can running the end of last season was was definitely very worthwhile, and and. uh it's it's been funny watching um, Sam Parsons get a very good summary of of his uh, his mental state at number forty two currently. Yeah, that's two tough. spots behind Morgan. That's tough because you would think that like maybe at least one person will be like good enough to bump themselves up, but then also it's really hard to take into account people that might scratch as well. So it's just. I don't know. And for him, I think I think he's kind of a lot more invested in it than I am, just in terms of like, I mean, I am very invested in it, but for so long, my, my mental focus has been like next year already. So it's like... Probably not, just had less time thinking about that outcome. Yeah. And so it's kind of different. Okay. I mean, I'm still, I'm still on the hashtag road to Latvia. I'm still getting I'm still getting pumped up and ready for this road five k at the end of the season. That's still one of one of my major goals, so I'm still on that wave as well. But yeah, so we'll see what happens with that, and that'll be I guess we'll know in about a week, like maybe a bit less than a week. I mean, once the races happen this week, we'll be able to kind of speculate, but we'll know for sure in a week based on everything that happens. So, and then another week or two to see if people don't do it. Oh yeah, people have like a week to scratch and stuff. Joe got a message from Sam saying that name his firstborn child after me yeah if you scratch the joke is that sam's name is also george so Uh, (laughs) i didn't even know that yeah that is pretty good oh that's funny yeah it doesn't mean quite as i'll I'll need i'll need a slightly i'll need his next offer if okay if he like paid you money to scratch would that be like illegal (laughs) we were just talking about that with ritz last night (laughs) is that like is that like it's not like match fixing, but there's got to be like some, like a code of conduct. It's definitely yeah, like, not good. That's definitely gray area. Yeah, for sure. He would pay you probably a lot of money to do that, though. <laughs> <laughs> not that you would accept that money, but of course not. No, no, no. But just it's a potential, potentially out there. So, yeah, we'll see what happens, and then um, yeah, the next day I was on the plane over to Zurich, and now we're all here same rates and um just getting settled still it's uh the jet lag i'm not someone that is known for traveling very well so the jet lag and all that has been not very fun but um yeah i'm off to italy for a few days a little mini vacation if you will as Sinta is racing 
her Italian national championships, 1500. So, Coach Morgan. Coach Morgan. And I'm very excited to go to Italy. It has been extremely cold up here yeah, in St. Your training is not going well <laughs> currently. It's literally like one to 10 degrees like celsius it's like 45 50 degrees fahrenheit here and it's the middle of summer it's it's not warm it's It's not warm at all and it was so when i was packing i like i knew i had the thought like okay it's always more cold there than you think but still i did not pack at all for how cold it is here i think like just in being in colorado i haven't worn any of like my winter style clothes for so long i forget like how to dress for the winter i forget like what i like to wear and like how to wear it so it was just like when i was packing i was so stressed i was like i don't even know what to bring and now i'm here i'm like i wish i had so much different stuff so i wish i'd brought a beanie that's that was a big mistake i brought one on the last trip yeah yeah and didn't need it and Mm -hmm. now i didn't bring one on this trip and it would be really nice Mm -hmm. but ritz banned us from complaining about the cold i think he said to me at least because we've been complaining about it too much so so we're in trouble for that but it is lovely to be back up here but just got to get in that routine and stuff because we're gonna we're all gonna be here for a decent little stint now like almost a month until well so another good three weeks i think yeah gotta get in the early ones anyway in the zone but yeah so i'll take a little trip to italy with cinta she's racing the 15 she also raced the 800 at uh sound and she did pretty well she ran two at one i mean she definitely wishes that she raced a little different but man it's making me think imagine if all us guys ran an 800 that'd be crazy that'd be pretty fun all seven is there seven of us mm-hmm. yeah that'd be sick to line up and do it i mean i guess like probably yard would smoke us actually i mean Mar is an 800 meter runner as well i think ollie could run 145 I think, I mean, I think they could, but think about this. Yard, like, pretty easily beat Isaiah Harris. Who just made the world team. Who just made the world team. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about. That is pretty crazy. Do you think Yard would have made the team? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I think so, too. But Yard's also, like, the type of person who's, like, kind of in in that, like, invincible uh, category right now, like, with his aura. Like, I think if you asked me if he could make the 5K team, I'd say, like, yeah, probably (laughs) like he could have i don't know yeah maybe so. he's taken on the mental of, of the invincible one on the team at the moment yeah but i mean that's the reality of being a good 1500 meter runner well it's the reality of being a good any distance runner is that you have to be pretty world class in the events below it and above it to be every distance just starts feeling good yeah like pretty much i mean i mean they're so good and i guess that's kind of a natural progression into We'll do a pretty quick recap of London, mm. which was the third, the third, uh, third leg of the trifecta. Yeah, which just didn't go to plan. Didn't go to plan. So this was like the first, I think, inkling of how serious Ollie's um, situation was. He had to pull out the day before the meet because I think him and Dathan just like assessed the situation and said hey, this has been like a bit too bad now. Let's not race on it. Let's like get some imaging and take it easy for a bit. So that was like a massive bummer before the race. And then we were just talking before how like from an overall team's perspective, like we have generally just so much positive stuff to say, but there was actually a bit of disappointment at this one, which I mean, is very much so a part of the sport. Happens to everyone. So it was the highest highs and also some of like the, I mean, I guess the lowest lows in reality. It feels yeah. weird to say it, but that's kind At of the truth. At least the kind of the standard with, with like everyone on this team is set for themselves that, you know, that is a big disappointment when, you know, that's a pretty big disappointment for Mario, even though he's still running 331 and like it's not a bad race, but for, for him that's, you know, he wants he wants more than that. And Yeah, this is a guy that's looking at meddling awards, so he never is going to think that he's going to be not fighting like for the win in any 1500 meter he does yeah so yeah that's kind of the reality that he ended up i think 11th 331 i think the guy who came 14th ran 332 so yeah. that was just ridiculous just another 1500 in the in the year of 2023 yeah it's uh it's got a, like i mean 
I guess one day we'll look back on it and see the stats, but just the amount of depth this year has been just crazy. Like how we'll see if this is the norm next year and the year after. I guess maybe it will be because you know, to be honest, I think there is a bit of a cycle in the sport where like the year before the Olympics tends to be pretty amazing. And then the Olympic year is always like tends to be the most amazing year. So things might be even more crazy next year. We'll see. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. But on the other end of that, spectrum in that race was yard taking home the first oac win also, i think i manifested that also last coffee week. club track club true win i feel like i manifested the- that last week by saying that like it hadn't happened and we were like going for it that weekend i made that happen take, well take credit for yard it man that no, no, take credit for it you're a big part of that journey for him we'll claim it we'll claim yeah. it why not i mean it's part of the team so i mean he he ran just like a great uh, race for him a great was, yard race great yeah. positioning yeah. great last 50 it's kind yeah. of it's what you need in one of those races had to take down uh nordas yeah I, I was nervous with 50 to go i was actually nervous about neil yeah neil has be- such a good last hundred i honestly thought he was he was going to take a stab at it yeah nordas is amazing man he made a, a big move like at the start of that last lap to go around and gave a bump to stewie which we didn't like yeah, that was, seemed really unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> Did he just misjudge the lane or something? I, like, my take on just watching it is that he was probably just, like, running so hard that he kind of lost control. And unfortunately, Stewie was next to him and so got bumped by it. But it didn't look very good. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I don't know what impact that had on Stewie because Stewie still had a pretty amazing race, as, like, in terms of, like, coming back from, like, where he was at the very beginning of the season. So he still did well, but yeah, Yard was able to stick it to them, have that big finish, and then yeah, hold off them kind of coming back at the end. Mm-hmm. So that was huge. And then the I mean, monsoon, yeah, getting it done. I we, think we talked about it in uh, was was uh no not Oslo it was Paris. Paris yeah Paris sort of an American record attempt, but I guess they were running four to no five, which was just ridiculous. Yeah. So this was like- a better race setup. I feel that's kind of how it goes sometimes where based on her training, it was apparent that she was in that form. And then there was a bit of like hype internally, at least like, yeah, you can break the American record going into that race. And then like, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And then this time, I don't think there was really as much expectation. And then she goes and crushes it and runs 14, 19, 19, takes down Shell Burrito. So, yeah. Got the message from Shelby, apparently. She did get a Congrats. message from Shelby. So, yeah. Bear, bear mile world record next. That's what Alicia's going for. <laughs> Take it down. I mean, Shelby's been on a tear recently. I don't know if the listeners have been following her escapades across the road. Uh, she's, like, setting, like, unofficial American records and like, was it the 8K? She ran a crazy, like, road 8K and maybe a 10K as well. Yeah. Just, like, ridiculous times. So, she's fit. I wonder if she'd reach out to Coffee Club Coaching. I mean, it doesn't seem like she needs it, but yeah, she might well, want some direction at some point. Would we take her on, though? It'd be a good media stunt. It really would. I don't know if it'd be good, like, for other reasons, but <laughs> we, we'll look into it. I don't know. Sell our souls, I guess. But, so, Alicia absolutely crushed it. And, I mean, the Women's 5K of the Diamond League has also just been... I mean every event but the women's 5k there's still just like crazy results like there's all these women that are running such quick times and then also they're like closing in like 60 59 and stuff to do it so it's crazy that like Faith and Sergey are like look like the two best 5k runners they're also yeah. the two best 1500 runners yeah it's like which is crazy and like Faith is doing the double at Worlds I wonder Sergey is she doing it as well probably she did last year yeah so those races are going to be crazy. Um, unfortunately, Josette didn't have the best race there. She was a bit back, but I think things have been a little tough for her since USA and she had a bit of a sore back and stuff. So I think she'll come around pretty good in the next week or so. And then the other one was Sage in 800. And I think she went out a bit quick and then I think things just caught up to her a bit in the end. And I mean, she's like in amazing form right now, but she's just had like such a crazy few weeks when you like look back on it. So she's just taking it easy for a bit and we know that she's going to be back crushing it when she races again, which will be in America in the next month or so. And then she'll do, I mean, she's probably already qualified for 
the, she has. the Diamond League final. So she's still got a lot of massive races ahead of her in the season, which she's going to be preparing for now. But yeah, that was uh, that was London. The final Diamond League before Worlds. It's weird because it's like there's such a big gap now. I guess there are some like more, like there's the national championships this weekend and then there's like the next week or two after that, there are some more like low-key meets. But yeah, there's a pretty big break now going into Wilds. Everyone's just going to be training up here in St. Moritz together, getting yeah, off it. it's a madhouse up here. Mm-hmm. Got kicked out of two gyms this morning. <laughs> so <laughs> haven't had a great day. Still got to find a gym later this afternoon to, gotta get that pump to make on. up for it. Yeah. Saw Jakob yesterday. Or was it yesterday? Yeah, it must have been. I think we didn't see. No, oh, maybe it was two days ago. Two we days ago. A bunch. He runs at, if anyone's wondering, he runs at approximately 11.30 in the morning for his first run. Really? And well, that's then, when we saw him. And then late. And then like, I think like 7 p.m. for his second. I don't know what he's, I would love to know what his sleep schedule is. He's a very interesting character. That would be, that would be good to know <laughs> if he sleeps like africans or not yeah he's uh i don't know i just like to know everything about him he's just he's amazing he's an enigma <laughs> he is isn't he and you know he's running on his own a lot as well which a lot his brothers are well philip at least is here i saw him this morning as well so yeah they they wrote themselves fingy what are we saying fingy fingy i saw fingy this morning maybe they're, if they're writing each other's training plans they just don't <laughs> line up they just purposely do it so they don't have to train with each other. That'd be pretty smart, actually. Haven't seen Hingi yet, though. I'm sure he'll make an appearance, though. He's he's a very important member of the team. Mm. I, have, I have seen Hingi. Oh, he is here? Yeah, I saw him a couple of days ago. Not just the pictures of him up on the wall? No, I haven't seen that person. one yet. Haven't, haven't admired that. Yeah, if anyone was wondering, I mean, we talked about this, like, I remember we talked about this multiple times last year. Yeah. I, I can't remember why, but in the pool that we go to, there's like these black and white, really dramatic pictures of like all, all the Ingies. All the Ingies. And they just, they look good. Look, look down on us. Yeah. So they look amazing. So is there anything else I feel good about? No, I'm also looking to go, looking forward to going to Italy on Saturday, but not for as long. I think we've got to work out in the, the fame fabled oh Kia yeah Vena. you guys are gonna keep i was so confused for a second i'm like wait are you coming <laughs> which i haven't been yet down there really no nope. wow i did so not know that i'm looking forward to a few laps on the track maybe a lunch yeah make sure that you have lunch down there i heard that last time they went or something i remember ollie was saying they didn't have lunch like what's the point of going down there if you're not gonna eat lunch yeah and i can afford it down there yeah so <laughs> it's a lot more reasonable that's the main thing i'm looking forward to yeah and that's it that's it well yeah i think that's it from us for episode 96 um coffee club podcast on the road coming to you from st moritz next week i think we'll be back with ollie we'll see what happens it's gonna be a everything is in limbo right now but um no i'm sure he'll be back very very soon but yeah thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you guys all next week